Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Hey, Charles Duhigg has written a book that has just been released in paperback. I read it in the first go-round and thoroughly enjoyed it. And and I think the release of this particular book at this particular time of year, especially when many of us are making New Year's resolutions or at this stage trying to live to them, it's particularly timely. It's called The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and in Business. And as I'm thumbing through the paperback version, I'm I have two thoughts running through my mind. Do you remember the first uh, time we got into these issues with him? Uh, running through my mind, Target and Febreze. Do you remember Febreze and the marketing genius of P&G? It's so and- funny. I so remember Target. You're going to have to remind me about Febreze. Do you use Febreze? I do. Okay. Th- well, this will be interesting. How do you use Febreze? I use Febreze. Do I really have to say this? Yeah. Okay. Two things. One is in our workout area. We have a like, and so I just sort of sprayed in the air. And then um, also our my dog's bed. And then sometimes I also try to spray the cat, but she doesn't like it at all. But do you use Febreze as sort of the cherry on top of the cake as a statement of finality as a, I think Charles said this in the book, but again, it's been a while since I read it, as sort of a uh, um, a, a treat or a finality to, yes. that's how you do it. Yeah, in you other words, that, my house is so clean. I just no, need, I need no, to like. You would like wipe down the equipment in your gym. And then a little squirt of Febreze. 100%. Like, ta-da. Yes. Oh. Why? For, do you get it? What? For me, Febreze is like the first line of defense. <laughs> no. He's no. young. No. <laughs> no. Oh. See, that's that's the way, that is the way I think initially the makers of Febreze thought it would be used. And then they had this revelation. You know, I may be getting this story totally wrong. You know who would know? I, I know. He'll know. Okay. okay. Let me let him get him in here now. This is Charles Duig. The book is called The Power of Habit. Hey, Charles, thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry to take you down such a uh, Febreze tangent, but do remind me of the whole story. When Febreze first came out, it was kind of this revolutionary product that d- made bad smells disappear. And right. Procter & Gamble released it in the marketplace, and it was a dud, a complete dud. In fact, they went into one woman's house. She had 12 cats, and they asked her if she used Febreze, and she said, no, I've got the best cats. They never smell bad, which, of course, wasn't true, right? It smelled overpoweringly of cat. But they realized people who have bad smells in their life can't tell they have bad smells in their life. So what they did is they went back in the laboratory, they invented a perfume strong enough that they could pour it into the Febreze bottles and give Febreze its own scent, and then all of a sudden the product took off. And you, you, uh, now I've got my notes in front of me. They went to a particular house in the suburbs of Scottsdale, and they right. watched the way in which this particular woman used the Febreze. Exactly. So what she would do is that she would kind of, instead of using it in things that were stinky, she would yeah. take it out after she had vacuumed the room or had made the bed and just kind of spray in the air, just like, just like one of you just mentioned. Yeah, to I'm make finished. things smell good. Right. And it turned out that Febreze is the most chemically advanced air perfume on the face of the planet. But that's what it took to make it a big seller, to make things smell as good as they look. Okay, why is this significant in the bigger picture according to the power of habit? Well, it's significant because it also shows the same way that, for instance, you can create New Year's resolutions that actually stick. What it's proving is that 
We develop habits when there's a cue and a reward to reinforce that behavior. In fact, within psychology, that's known as the habit loop. A cue, a routine, and a reward become a habit because you start to crave that reward. So, for instance, if you want to make an exercise habit for yourself, you want to go running, then what you should do is when you get back from your jog, give yourself a small piece of chocolate or take a nice long shower or just relax and wind down. Your brain will learn to crave that reward and associate it with going for a jog, and it will make jogging easier and easier and easier every day. And, and business, loosely defined, has figured this out. The social scientists have figured this out. They've been retained by some of the retailers that we all know well, and this is a part of the marketing effort that they use to lure us to buy their products. Absolutely. You mentioned Target. In the book, we tell the story of Target and how Target studies shoppers' habits to figure out which women are pregnant, even if they've never told the story. And in some cases, they've never told their parents that they're pregnant, right? Target can watch what you buy and notice certain changes in your buying patterns, your buying habits that tells them what's going on in your life, whether you're pregnant or getting married or divorced or buying a house. It's amazing. I, I remember the uh, the story that you told in the book about one particular household where Target knew because of the purchases that the woman had been making before the family knew that she was pregnant. Absolutely. The, the, this guy Tell that this story. story. This, well, so this angry dad comes in, right? He's this big burly guy, and he, and he has this flyer of coupons that his daughter, who's 18 years old, got in the mail from Target with all these ads for bottles and cribs and baby products. And he says, look, are you trying to encourage her to get pregnant? What's going on here? And the manager, who has no idea what's going on, is super apologetic. In fact, he feels so bad that a couple days later he calls the guy at home to apologize again. And the father says, well, turns out there's been some activity in my household I wasn't aware of. And my daughter's due in August. So, so Target's so good at figuring out how people's shopping habits change when their lives change that they knew that a girl was pregnant before her dad did. So what they were doing, Charles, is they were studying the product selections that she was making and putting Absolutely. together through some kind of a, a computer program. They were putting together a model that suggested She's pregnant. Now, why would that be important to Target? It would be important to Target because they want her as a pregnant mom to be their customer, because if they can get her at that stage, they're going to have her locked in for a while. That's exactly right. What Target knows is that when you're pregnant, you start buying all kinds of stuff like bottles and diapers that are really high margin. But more importantly, you're so tired once that baby comes that you, if they can get you to come into Target, you'll buy everything there, including you know, toilet paper and cleaning supplies. So they really want to focus on those pregnant women. And what they found is that you can tell if someone's pregnant if, for instance, all of a sudden they previously bought scented lotion and now they're suddenly buying unscented lotion. If they, if, if they're, they start Amazing. buying a huge number of cotton balls and washcloths, that might indicate that they're at the beginning of their third trimester, according to the data. And so Target looks for all of that information, how your shopping habits change to figure out what kind of coupons they should send you. When you were investigating this subject area and you were interested in learning from Target what their approach was, by the way, we shouldn't be targeting just Target, right? They're the best example that you have data on, but I imagine they all do this, right? Every company does this. Any company, and if they don't, they're going to go out of business. Every company is studying your habits and trying to understand how to push your buttons to get you to buy their stuff. Weren't you on the, the target equivalent of a TSA watch list? 
<laughs> I was. I was. I actually. I. You know, I, there was a guy inside Target, a really nice guy named Andrew Pohl, who was talking to me. And then Target shut him down and said he couldn't talk to me anymore. So I flew out because the, the company wouldn't talk to me, and I wanted to get their side of things. So I flew out and I walked into the headquarters, and the guard there says, "Oh no, sir, you're on my you're on my list. I'm supposed to escort you off the property if you show right. up." Right. Take so, off your shoes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. This is Charles. I'm, I'm still allowed to go into the stores. It's just the headquarters. This is Charles Duig. The book is called The Power of Habit. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124, and on the SXM app. This is Charles Duig. The book is called The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's just come out in paperback. So take me back to New Year's resolutions and how we can break bad habits and apply practically some of what you learn from interviewing you know, hundreds of scientists and reading all their papers. Absolutely. The number one thing that you should do if you want to create a new New Year's resolution is don't just focus on the goal. Come up with a plan and figure out a cue and a reward. So let's say, for instance, you want to lose weight. If your New Year's resolution is, I want to lose 20 pounds, odds are you're not going to get there. But if, you're new, if you say, okay, so I'm going to exercise twice a week, and I'm going to exercise, I'm going to set a cue for myself, like I'm going to put my running shoes next to my bed, I'm going to meet my friends at the gym every Wednesday night, and I'm going to give myself a reward every single time I do this, a small piece of chocolate or a nice smoothie or something like that, then it's much, much more likely that you're actually going to be able to create a new habit that gets those 20 pounds off. Or let's say you want to give up cigarettes, right? Most people think about cigarettes as an addiction, and nicotine is addicting, but it's not actually that addicting. According to medical studies, about 100 hours after your last cigarette, once the nicotine is out of your blood system, you're no longer physically addicted to nicotine. And yet we all know people who crave a cigarette in the morning two years or two decades after giving up their smokes. That's because they have a habit dysfunction. If you want to give up cigarettes, you have to recognize what reward is it providing to me? Is it that it's giving me a burst of energy, in which case you could have a cup of coffee instead? Or is it that it provides some socialization because I go talk to the other smokers, in which case you need to find things in your day that provide other social opportunities? If you figure out the rewards and the cues in your life, you can change your habits or create new ones. And that's the key to creating New Year's resolutions that actually work. Come up with a different reward that's less, less threatening to your lifestyle. Or, or a different behavior that delivers a similar reward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, you can't extinguish a habit. Once it's in your neurology, it's there. But what you can do is you can change it. You can figure out what reward it's delivering and find something else that delivers a similar reward. Makes sense the way you explained it. Hey, Charles, best of luck with the release in paperback of the book, The Power of Habit. I appreciate your having been here. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's Charles Duick. Makes sense, right? Does it not? I find that fascinating, especially the losing weight thing, because I think, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all do think about these things. And I read somewhere that habits take 21 days or something to form. So if you can, if you can stop doing a bad habit for 21 days, then you've won. Like you've, you've sort of conquered it. I I don't know. I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. I think it's all so mental. And I think that's what he's honing in on. He's saying like, it's not just doing the exercise. It's not just doing it. It's it's getting the, the, you know, refiring the neurons. Literally, that's it's it's that concrete. I like I like the it, it gets a little creepy at a certain point. But I like the story about 
target. target. I knew you were going to say that. Figuring out that you're pregnant yep. before you know you've told anyone else makes that you're pregnant. Sense. It makes total sense, and and it also makes. I mean, the level. Look, I've said this about grocery stores in the past. You got to be armed when you go in. There's a lot of science that's stacked against you. And remember, uh, one of my guests said, "Stay on the perimeter, and you won't get hurt." When you go into the heart of the grocery store, that's where, that's where bad, that's where bad stuff happens. But they they everything. It, it's not haphazard. There's a reason, there's a deliberation in terms of why everything has been placed exactly where it is. Casino, in the grocery store. In the grocery store. Casino floor is, is the same way. And, you know, they're, they're paying big dollars to researchers to figure out all of these psychological habits of ours and then to take advantage of them. And, in, you know, in the case of, uh, of Target, they looked at 25 products that when they were analyzed together, allowed them to develop a pregnancy prediction score. So he mentioned the scented versus unscented lotion. I don't understand that. You would know that as a woman better than I. What What's going on with that? Well, there are two things. One is that um, sometimes it bothers a woman. Like you get more sensitive to scents when you're pregnant. Mm. So you just want things that are unscented. And then there are also some... Um, you know, studies out there that just say to use the very simplest products that you possibly can when you're pregnant, just so you're not using extra um, fumes or things like that, passing it on in some way. The best customer for a big box retailer like Target, the best customer is a pregnant woman because she needs a lot of stuff. And then, as he put it, now she's in a routine once she delivers. Yeah. And now she's going to keep coming back to Target. The, the, she was getting the new stuff, but now she needs the regular stuff too. And Target sells everything these days. It's even a grocery store. So if they, if you can, as Target, if you can get her to be your customer, you got a gravy train there for a long time. That's why it's so important to figure out who's pregnant and who's not. Wow. I was just going to say, uh, I use his without thinking it, thinking it through in the terms of cue and reward the way that he does. Um, I use that system for working out already. And I, it's just funny because in your absence last week, Dr. Maz came in and he uh, was was producing some of the Maz. shows. And we got into a conversation about Aaron Sorkin. I don't even know how, but he said to me, you know, the West Wing. And I said, I never watched the West Wing. I know what the show is. He said, God, that's like right up your alley. Yesterday, he delivered to my house via Amazon this boxed set of every West Wing. Stop it. Ever. Excellent. hundred. I think like 100, Dan, 150 episodes of yes, the show. Yes, it's a big series. So I put it right next to my treadmill. And that will be my, if I like it, that'll be my reward system. How long was that show? Is that an hour? Yes. Yep. It's an, an hour, hour long. Yep. It's an hour drama. So I guess each episode is probably 46 minutes, 45 Perfect. minutes. Yep. So th- that's going to be, that's going to be my reward system for 2014 in, uh, in working out. He, you know what, Maz is always um, on to whatever TV shows or gadgets or or uh, technical things. He really is sort of one step ahead, and he's older than he should be to know all this stuff. I've never understood it. He uh, he had some uh, kit with him that yeah. he, that he uh-huh. unrolled uh, when we were in New York City, and in it, it had every attachment, every power cord, every everything. I felt like I could fly a plane by <laughs> opening up his bag in the world. Quick comment, and then uh, we'll move on to national headlines. This is Derek in Los Angeles. Hi, Derek. Hey, Michael. I uh, just wanted to say welcome back to TC. It's good to hear your voice again. Hi, Derek. Thank you. Um, and I'm just, I had read something probably last week or this week online where they've done more intensive studies on how long it takes to get a new habit. 
And the takeaway I got, it was something like 66 days or 84 days. I, I, I don't oh, no. That's, That's why I failed. <laughs> right. TC was only good for 21. <laughs> if it's 66, she's got a problem. <laughs> Derek, so I just wanted to point you out of that. Thank you for that. Have a great new year as well. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays.